most intense, thrilling, electrifying sport on the planet. Mixed Martial Arts. You've been looking for the definitive podcast to call your new home to hear everything about it. The search is over. This is the MMA Knowledge Show. No filter. Bringing you the hottest MMA breakdowns straight from the heart of the octagon. This show is all about MMA breakdowns for fans by fans. We're talking UFC, MMA, and the occasional big boxing match. We'll bring our unique take on how these fights are going to play out and who we think are the best bets. Welcome to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. And now your hosts, Olin, a.k.a. MMA Anomaly, and Emiliano, a.k.a. Jive Turkey Nano. What is up, fight fans? Welcome back to another episode of the MMA Anomaly Show, No Filter. I'm your host, Olin. As usual, with me, as always, is the co-host with the most, Jeff Turkey Nano. How we doing, my guy? Oh, doing great on this Monday morning, uh, evening. I was about to say morning. My goodness. <laughs> All thrown off today. Oh, my goodness. You're not having the day, uh, having the day off work. Shout out uh, Indigenous Day. So I was able to get it off work. I think that's why I'm all thrown off. Feels like a Sunday to me, but you know, it's crazy. I actually I didn't realize it was Indigenous slash Columbus Day until uh, literally today. Um, and you know, I, I didn't end up having the day off. I thought I was going to end up having the day off, but my goodness, I didn't. Um, but I digress. We got through the day. We got through the meetings. Um, and as they say, another one of the books, folks. So we are here today. We are gathered here today to go over UFC Fight Night 229, Dawson versus Green, a.k.a. UFC Vegas 80, a.k.a. kind of a low-key banger of a fucking card. Am I right, Nato? Super low-key, man. It was a fun one. Some fun, uh, um, some fun prelim fights, and the main card was stacked with some good ones as well. Some shocking finishes, man, that we'll, I'm excited to dive into. Yeah, we we definitely have to dive into some of these finishes on this one. Um, I, I I'll be honest with you, some of these finishes came uh, very shockingly for me. The decisions, I I uh, I, I could have told you that they were probably going to be decisions. JJ Aldridge versus Montana De La Rosa. I literally said it was probably going to be a fun but grindy decision. I, I would call that fight a fun but grindy decision. Um, so I, I called that one. Um, Kilong Aori. Went in there and did the thing against Johnny Munoz. I thought he looked really good. Um, but I don't want to run through the entire card like this. We do want to break down this, this basically this entire card. Um, we also want to go through kind of what we think should be next for some of, but not all of these people on this card. And um, I mean, let, let's be completely honest, guys. We got to address the elephant in the room here. But before that, what's up, Mad Max Meridian in the chat? Thanks for coming back in. We appreciate it. And uh, if you are a Twitch fan, make sure you tune into his stream tomorrow. Um, He's going to go ahead and throw up the time for the stream in the chat. Uh, So, again, we have to address the elephant in the room here, guys. We both got one wrong. Okay, um, and we we bet a shot on it. I mean, you were pretty gung ho, ready to go when it came to the ten year age difference. You were really going against my girl KK, but I'm here to tell you, she looked fucking slick on the feet, brother. She looked really good, um, and I mean, 
she made it exactly the kind of fight she needed to make it. She made it grindy. And uh, again, I thought that she did everything she needed to do in that fight. She was landing at range. Um, but before I go through my kind of breakdown of, of that fight, um, curious to hear what your thoughts were on that fight. Yeah, man, I I got to eat my words here. Got to eat a little humble pie. You're absolutely right. Father Time uh, stands to be on the side of victory this time. And surprisingly to me, but maybe not to the judges, maybe not to uh, the MMA universe here. But yeah, Carolina uh, or Kid Double K, we can call it here. Just got to try to butcher the last name. Uh, was able to get a decisive decision, winning uh, unanimously 30-27 across the board. Um, she was able to land more of the significant strikes and it, it was like that every single round. I mean, she just was able to be the first one in each of those exchanges. Uh, just a well-rounded clinic, man. Uh, Kovalkiewicz. Kovalkiewicz. Uh, there you go. Kovalkiewicz. Let's go. Uh, but yeah, man, curious to hear your thoughts and breakdown on uh, your girl KK and the performance she had because she put on a clinic. Definitely. So um, when it when it comes to this fight, again, it went pretty much how I expected it was going to go. Um, total strikes landed 155 versus 108. Significant strikes landed 141 versus 99. Um, <clears throat> the difference in these two women, you saw it in their picture. It was it was one of the cutest, like most adorable pictures I've ever seen in a weigh in. They did their stare down, and then right after, they both smiled at the camera and did peace signs. It was like it was super cute, bro. Like. You can't be mad at that. Um, but when that cage door closes, there's a difference, right? Like, I feel like, and I, and I love uh, Dana Belbita. I think she's a really fun fighter. I think she's really good. But I just don't think she has the same innate ability to turn on that killer beast mode when the cage door closes. She's typically uh, the, very, the very same fighter through and through. Um, she has the ability to throw heavy hands and heavy legs for that matter. Um, she has decent enough grappling, but she, again, I, I don't feel like she's one of those like smell blood in the water and pounce type of people like a Dustin Poirier, like a Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Um, so again, I, I thought Kovalkiewicz had this one and I, I felt that this was the exact way that the fight was going to play out. Um, <laughs> as Mad Max Meridian put, both of these ladies definitely easy on the eyes, too. Um, I love that eyes emoji. I don't know why. Like, it's one of my favorite emojis. I use it at work in our Slack so often. Anyways, uh, I digress. So um, one place that Deanna actually did excel in this fight was in the grappling. So she went two for two on takedowns, 100% takedown accuracy in that one. Uh, KK actually impressed me in one way when it came to the grappling in the fact that you know if at first you don't succeed try try again right uh she she went one for six on takedown attempts there but again she made it a nasty fight she made it a grindy fight and she proved exactly why she is still ufc caliber and that if she really wants to i mean it, it's her decision right like she can either go for fun fights or she can go for another title run like the division is wide open in my opinion i don't think that she's not a bad matchup for a lot of people in that division. Uh, so when it comes to what's next for Carolina Kovalkiewicz, okay, actually, no, 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 no. I said, I said we had an elephant to address in the room. That was the one you got wrong. I obviously, 
I, I got the Alex Morono versus Joaquin Buckley one wrong. Um, I think so, we both are in that same boat, brother. Only so either do, of us were picking Joaquin. We do each have uh, something to do, as we we did have stakes on it, as they say. Man, we're men of our word. Men of our word. Men of our word. Cheers, folks. Cheers. To the bad beats. As an old ass man, I've also recently discovered that cranberry juice, surprisingly efficient chaser for any occasion. Just such a tart cuts right through everything. I feel like no it's refreshing, you know, it's refreshing. It's good for you. Speaking of refreshing, <clears throat> one thing that's refreshing is when folks actually start from the bottom of the card. So we should probably go ahead and do that. Um, but before we jump all the way back to the beginning of the card, since we've already broken down Carolina Kovalkiewicz versus Deanna Belbita, what do you think should be next for Carolina Kovalkiewicz with an impressive win, in my opinion, over an up-and-comer like Deanna Belbita? Yeah, definitely a great win. Great feather in her cap, most certainly. Um, definitely has her at that 15th spot, and I think the only way is up from here for her, right? There's no reason for her to fight anybody that's not uh, with a number beside their name. And I do think a lady that feels like if she's on her way out, I'd be curious if she even gets another fight. That'd be Michelle Watterson Gomez ranked right ahead of her. If she's not in the cards, I'm almost assuming she's maybe, you know, knocking on heaven's door. So maybe she's not in that conversation. If she sticks around, maybe at 15 Carolina is a, is somebody to consider. Otherwise, I mean, you know, Amanda, Amanda Rebus, you know, see some of that loss to Macy Barber, but it's still sitting that ranked 11 spot. That might be a fun one to, to piece together. Curious to hear your thoughts here, brother. I mean, when it comes to this one, I, I think we have a hive mind. Again, I've separated our notes document so we can't read each other's things. And Amanda Hebus is literally the one that comes to mind for me. Um, <clears throat> I think there are realistically three names that... I think would make perfect sense for her. Um, I don't want to see her fight Michelle Watterson Gomez. I think that she wins that fight fairly easily. Uh, I think she's a bad stylistic matchup for Michelle Watterson Gomez due to her being a step ahead on the striking and that being really the only place Michelle could excel in that fight. Uh, so the three names on the tip of my tongue are Tabitha Baby Shark Ricci, Amanda Hebas, as we've both said now, and um, Angela Overkill Hill. I think Angela Hill is somebody that's always game and ready to fight anybody. She's sitting three rankings ahead of KK right now, and I think it's a really, really fun matchup. I don't see why either woman wouldn't want to take that fight. And um, I mean, both are legends to, to the women's mixed martial arts divisions, in my opinion. So... Let them fight each other. It'll be a little bit of a legends match, a mini legends match. And uh, I'm here for it, man. My only downside with Hill, or I guess the caveat, we should say, is she is fighting Gomes November 4th. So although that is a great name, um, maybe the timing is is one thing to consider there. So I, I know she is fighting Gomes. Uh, I, I was thinking maybe like she fights the loser of that fight, which I'm assuming Angie... I love Angie to death, but I, I think that's a bad matchup for, for overkill there. Agreed. Agreed. Looks oh, like man, Mad Max I, agrees I agree as well. With Mad Max. I, yeah, I agree with Mad Max. Like I love Hill. I think, I think Hill is a fun matchup for most people. And I love her little like bouncy Muay Thai style, like the, the real like bouncy legs, quick kicks. Um, again, I think it'd be a fun test. And uh, I think we'd have a good old fashioned strikers delight. 
Absolutely. Love those. They're the best. What's up, Kansas Party Boy? Welcome to the chat. Welcome What's back, up? I should say. Glad to see you. Uh, What's so, up? jumping back down the card, folks, uh, we're going to go ahead and start at the very bottom here. JJ Aldrich against Montaña de la Rosa. What did you think of this fight, Nano? Uh, another solid one, right? End up going to a decision here. JJ Aldrich was able to edge out a win over Montana de la Rosa. Uh, love saying that name. And JJ Aldrich, man, is somebody that's just been around the block for a long time here. Someone you, you've seen, or at least have maybe heard the name um, around the block for quite some time, even though she's still young. Uh, but was able to get a unanimous, unanimous decision here over Montana. Uh, and again, overall, was just able to be a little more efficient with her strikes throwing less of them and i guess technically landing less strikes but don't let the numbers fool you here all around she was able to uh just have the more impactful strikes uh even though again significant strikes here when you're looking at them on paper may not really showcase what uh, outing was here for our girl jj what are your thoughts on it brother yeah i thought it was a really nice showcase for jj aldrich i thought it's probably the best that uh she's looked uh in a while um she was able to go out there and stuff the one takedown attempt from montana de la rosa if anything i thought uh jj looked better than usual and montana looked worse than usual um i thought montana was going to go in there and be the slightly stronger woman it didn't seem that way though jj kind of pushed the pace uh she did actually land less strikes than montana de la rosa overall uh, and less significant strikes. I think the big thing is it, it just across the rounds, she really just started to come away with the fight and really started to steal the fight. Um, and again, I mean, this was exactly like I predicted. It was going to be kind of a grindy but fun decision fight. Uh, what do I think should be next for J.J. Aldrich after that kind of a performance? I wouldn't be mad at seeing her break into the top 15 just barely, though. Um Killer Karine Silva fighting out of Brazil, I think would be a really, really fun matchup for her. She's 17 and four. She's got nine KOs slash TKOs. Her most recent one, you might remember, just recently from August here, uh, August 19th, and it came over Marina Morose. And she looked really good in that fight. She looked really strong, heavy hands, was able to t- take the um, Moreau's down and, ha- and get get a dominant finish over her. So that would be a fun one. Who can uh, earn that top 15 spot? Why not, man? Love to see it. And again, JJ's been around the block. She's been a staple here in the division for a while. I think she's earned that right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moving up the card, uh, we had Kelong Aori coming in against Johnny Munoz Jr., Again, uh, I'll take the lead on this one here. So, went to decision. Um, I got to say, this was a lot more of a one-sided traffic or, or one-way traffic, one, one-sided one decision here. Guys, we're talking 120 strikes landed versus 31. Um, we're talking a knockdown. We're talking 44 significant strikes versus seven. Um Johnny Munoz went four for 11 on takedowns, landing at a 36.4% clip. It was just sad to see, man. Like he was, he was just shooting in sloppy shots. You hate to see it, man. Um, At times I feel like possibly the, the fight maybe should have been stopped, but it was one of those situations where like Kelong Aori just wasn't really um, pushing enough to get the stoppage. He would land a combo stop, land something stop. 
So, um, again, curious to hear your thoughts on this one, but I thought this was fairly one-way traffic, man. Agreed. Definitely a bit of a landslide when it comes to uh, the fighter that, if you look on ESPN, has one name. So I don't even know if I want to try to pronounce Aura Kilang, but um, I just did. That was my attempt there. Please forgive me. Um, but yeah, he absolutely stole the show here. Uh, although you would look at the uh, judges' scorecards, it was 29 28. I do think maybe four of those takedowns, some of the control time, trying to put up three submission attempts from Johnny Munoz might have wowed some of the uh, judges there, maybe one of them uh, <clears throat> around. But overall, yeah, it was one way traffic. Um, Ricky Lang just was, had too much on the feet, uh, a little bit too slick for him, and was doing a really great job. Of ripping the body, going to the head, um, ripping those legs as well. I mean, I love when someone's able to land those leg kicks and really take take the wheels out of you. You know, at a, at a minimum, it's messing up your cardio, messing up your footwork, your movement. But you know, those hurt too. I mean, again, any leg kicks like that and not having a response, it, it goes to show. I mean, that all factors in uh, to the decision there and why Keeling was able to uh, you know, walk away victorious here. It was a fun one. It was a really fun fight. I, I, I definitely feel like um, Kilang Aori. He, he, I mean, he made a real showing for himself in that fight, guys. I, uh, I wasn't mad at it. I was happy to see it. And again, curious to hear kind of who you would like to see Kilang Aori fight next. Um, I definitely have some names, kind of uh, possibly on the tip of my tongue. But again, curious to hear uh, if there's anybody you'd like to see him fight. I like it. I like it. And I feel like the common question we have here when we're doing our recaps is, um, you know, who's next, right? Trying to put our Sean Shelby, uh, Dana White hat on here. But, you know, part of it, too, is it's almost like we're asking, hey, is this somebody that maybe is is will um, worthy of a top 15 potential fighter or not? Right. If they're already in the top 15, it's you know a little bit easier to kind of look at the numbers, who makes sense, who has a fight or not booked. Um, otherwise we're kind of asking ourselves, right? Like, does this guy have potential or gal guy or gal, uh, have the potential or the makings, um, to, to crack that top 15 or have a, a chance to, and, uh, killing, I, I do think he might be, he might be there if not one more fight away. Right. I mean, at 30 years old, he's entering the prime of his, um, of his career, the Mongolian murder, like it was mentioned in the chat. I mean, a great nickname that should be uh, taken in consideration in itself as well. Um, the dude typically finds ways to fin- get a finish. He's coming off a KO victory prior to this uh, decision win, which again, for the most part, is pretty dominant. Uh, so again, I mean, th- there's a lot of great names here, a lot of bantamweights uh, to make a-, a fun matchup against. I mean, El Guapo's in there at 15. I don't know if you throw him all the way up against the Wolves there, someone like an El Guapo, but... Uh, Anybody, anybody in that range, top 20, top 25. And this is almost why I'm hoping that they do eventually broaden the top 15 pool to maybe even a top 20, maybe a top 25 eventually. Just to have, there's something about having that number there just makes it a little more appetizing. Adds, adds to the appeal. Maybe you get a little bit more of a bonus or something like that, more incentives as a fighter. Uh, so it seems like a win win to me. Uh, but someone in that top 15 to 20, brother, what are your thoughts? Oh, 
Oh, I don't know if I could... Uh, the mic, mic check one, two. Uh-oh. Mic check, mic check. There we go. Uh, so, my bad. So, uh, again, a little bit of a hive mind moment. Uh, I have El Guapo on my list, too. I have El Guapo question mark on my sheet here. So, that's what I was, that's what I was saying when I had myself muted. Apologies for the delay there, guys. Uh, so, again... When it comes to this one, I think if you want to feed him to the wolves, El Guapo makes the most sense. We got to call a spade a spade here. But if you don't want to jump him right into the deep end yet, there are two other names that I think actually make a whole hell of a lot of sense here in the UFC Bantamweight division, folks. Those two names are Victor Lamangosta Henry or Dangerous Davy Grant. Um, I think the Davy Grant fight... I mean, my God, I'll do a shot to that. Come on. I think that's a really, really fun one. I'm also not mad at what Mad Max Meridian is throwing up in the chat. Um, JJ Smoke, if you're out there listening, we're, I mean, we need some smoke from you, man, because Mad Max is the new smoke man here. He said, give him stamen. He wants to see this young man go in there and fight the Spartan, and I'm not mad at it. Turkey, what are your thoughts on that? Sheesh. I love that. That is a great matchup. I'll tell you what, man. I mean, and to, to clarify, uh, the Mongolian murderer may not be able to fight El Guapo because El Guapo is fighting Alatengeli, a.k.a. the Mongolian knight. So a different Mongolian fighter will be fighting El Guapo next, unfortunately, here. But uh, I love that, man. I mean, hey, David Grant is another fun wild card. Cody Stamen, I mean, my goodness. Or Cameron, St- Cameron Stamen. Why did I say Cody Stamen? Am I thinking of the wrong guy here? Cody Stamen, you're right. Cody, Cody, Cody. Cody, okay. Cody, Cody, Cody. Cody. Spartan. The Spartan. Yeah, man. That That is, again, a great name, a great uh, competitor in the division here. Crazy to think he's only 33 years young, Cody Stamen. I feel like I've seen him around the UFC for quite some time. That would be a great matchup for this kid. Um, stylistically, man, it's, it's fireworks. You know, somebody's probably not going to make it to the end. So I signed me up for that one. David Grant's another good wild card as well, though. I like I like the way you guys are thinking. Yeah, I think uh, I think Cody is a really fun one. I think Davy Grant is a really fun one. And uh, I did say Victor Henry. Victor Henry does also have a fight booked against Javid Basharat, which banger alert, folks. I think that one has banger written all the frick over it. Uh, so yeah, I think those are the two most viable options there. If not El Guapo, not feeding him to the real wolves yet. Give him Cody the Spartan Stamen or Davy Grant as a as a litmus test just to see uh, if he's ready, if he's ready for those those killers at the top. Um, moving on up the card, folks, we're moving right on up this one. Vanessa, Lil Monster, Demopolis. She came in there against Kanako Mirada. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and let you take the lead on this one. What were your thoughts? I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. Yes, Vanessa Demopoulos was able to demop up the floor with Kanako Murata. Uh, was able to land more strikes here overall, uh, even though Kanako was able to take her down, uh, take down Vanessa a bit more times. Five out of six landed attempts there. Uh, this was a fun back and forth, but the uh, judges ended up giving Vanessa the decision here. And again, I think all around, um, it was kind of a you know pick your poison. You know, do you do you weigh more? Uh, on the takedowns, you know, was Kanako able to do control with those? Was she able to do a lot of damage? Um, a lot of controlled time, but not necessarily a ton of offense was being generated there. So I think that's where maybe the judges were looking at Vanessa 
and the productive offense she was able to produce and say, you know what, I think she was going to end up being the better fighter here all around when everything's considered. Um, so I'm not surprised with that decision. We'll have to hear your breakdown on Vanessa and, and her win here. But Kanako, I mean, made it a gritty performance for sure. So I, uh, I definitely agree with everything you said. Um, jumping into kind of a, a more detailed breakdown here. So fairly close matchup, guys. Uh, significant strikes landed. Kanako Murata actually edged it out 34 out of 64 landed versus 31 out of 65. So she landed three more significant strikes. Uh, when it comes to total strikes landed, though, Vanessa not only threw significantly more, she threw like almost 30 more strikes, uh, but she landed 16 more strikes across the fight. Um, when it came to control time, I think that was the great differentiator, and I think that's the great confusion here. You had 10 minutes and 10 seconds total control time versus 42 seconds of control time. Now, if we look at what took place with that control time, all right, guys, uh, for those of you that are, whether you're an MMA veteran or you're an MMA casual, these fights are judged on a 10-round must scoring, or a 10-point per round must scoring system, right? So every five minute round, right? It's not boxing. So these rounds are five minutes long, uh, has to get one fighter, a, a 10 point score and the other fighter anywhere from nine to eight, right? Uh, eight being if they got just smashed, obliterated one way traffic and nine, if it was fairly competitive and the other person edged it out. Now, if I'm watching a fight and somebody has four minutes and 11 seconds of control time. Four minutes and 11 seconds of control time out of a five minute round. I'm thinking that person surely has landed a significant amount of strikes, right? Like they they just they simply had to have landed a, a significant amount of strikes, right? But that's just not the case. Um, not only did she land the same amount of strikes as somebody who got controlled for four minutes and 11 seconds of a round, um, but she threw less strikes. She attempted less strikes. So while she was in a dominant position for a very significant amount of time in that round, a uh, vast majority of the round, four fifths of the round, some could say, um, she only threw 19 total strikes in that round, only landed nine. Uh, Vanessa Demopoulos, top or bottom, doesn't matter. She threw 23 strikes, landed nine. Um, or sorry, sorry, sorry. That's the, the significant strikes. So Little Monster Demopoulos landed the same number of significant strikes in that round, even though she was controlled for four-fifths of the round. Um, and again, mind you, she threw 10 more strikes across that round, even though she was controlled for four minutes and 11 seconds. She landed 35 of 56, while her opponent, who controlled her for the entirety of the round, pretty much, um, she landed 30 of 46. So that is the pure definition of lay and pray. I think, if anything, you basically gave that round up because you took the round off. You're laying on top of someone, you're trying to control them, but you're not enforcing any damage you're not inflicting any damage and you're not really threatening a whole lot of submissions or anything either so i will say in the next round she did do a little bit better um she threw 43 strikes she landed 23 uh 16 of those strikes were significant and again four minutes and 15 seconds of control time in the last round so 
I thought the last round was a pretty obvious round for Kanako Mirada. I thought the second round, based on the way judging is supposed to go, damage done. Um, somebody just simply stalling or laying on top um, in a controlling position, but not doing anything with it shouldn't be rewarded very much, in my opinion. So, if anything, I, I thought it could be a draw or it could be a Vanessa Demopoulos win because round one was really obvious for Vanessa. She got 17 versus 19 or sorry, 17 versus nine significant strikes landed. And um, again, she was throwing with venom all but 10 of the strikes she landed in that round were considered significant strikes. Um, she went over one on takedowns, which is totally fine because even though she got taken down twice, she still secured 20 seconds of control time, which was fairly impressive. And again, when Kanako Mirada was in top position, I don't feel that she was actually threatening to do a whole lot with it. Mad Max in the chat, I know is a grappler. He's somebody that trains at 10th planet jujitsu. So I feel like he would have a better assessment as to whether or not she was actually being threatening at all uh, with me being kind of a Muay Thai guy. I'm a striker uh, or more of a striking fan as well. So Mad Max, throw it up in the chat. If you disagree with me, please, I'm, I'm all for constructive criticism or just kind of, you know, an active back and forth here. But again, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I, I'm not mad at the judges for, for giving that one to Vanessa. I thought that she did just enough to win it. And I also wouldn't have been mad if they had called that one a draw. But again, I thought Vanessa did just enough to secure the win there. And I'm glad they gave it to her. Glad the right person won. And um, yeah, curious to hear your thoughts on what you think should be next for her. Yeah, bro. Great breakdown, by the way. I really appreciate that, man. That's great analysis. And uh, I agree with the, with you and the judges and um, just everything you mentioned there. And what's next here again? Million dollar question. Yes. <laughs> uh, now it's the million dollar question, right? I mean, is she able or willing or uh, worthy of cracking the top 15? I'm not so sure yet. That, that was a great performance, but I maybe got to see a little bit more from Vanessa before I'm willing to give her that racet, uh, pipe. I can't even talk today. That uh, pass. <laughs> that right. Uh, just whatever. Getting past it and uh, giving her that approval. That stamp of approval. There we go. I'm trying. That's the expression I'm trying to find. <laughs> Whoa. Jeez, cat got my tongue. Uh, but I, you know, I'm looking at these names here in the top 25, and I mean, Jessica Penne is coming off two losses. I don't, I don't love matching someone up that's winning going up against someone with Bro, two how L's. How do we keep doing this? Jessica Penne pasta exclamation mark. That's there we go. Notes. There we go. That's, that's the one. That's then lock it up. What are your thoughts around that one, brother? I mean, I, it feels right. I mean, it's a big name. You know, it's a good test. <laughs> Again, I'm I'm not mad about it. You yeah, not about it. I feel like uh, you're right about it, man. Jessica Penny Pasta is um, she's a very very solid solid option. Uh, another person that comes to mind for me personally is Pollyanna Viana. Um, oh, currently doesn't have a a belt lined up. Coming off of a loss to Yasmin Lucindo, uh, Jessica Penny Pasta. Also, to my knowledge, does not have anything lined up. Coming off of a loss to Tabitha Ricci, uh, both of these women actually lost due to some stuff with an arm. One of them was an arm bar and one of them was an arm triangle. I know, Mad Max, before you come after me in the fucking chat, those are very different submissions. Um, you know, one of them is going to break an arm. The other one's going to 
you know, just uh, put you to sleep, possibly uh, just cut off the circulation and kill you. Either way, not fun. You're tapping, something snapping, or you're napping. Uh, so, both these women coming off of brutal submissions. And I think, uh, you know, what's next for them? I, I think fighting down a little bit and going up against a Vanessa Little Monster Demopolis who's on the way up. I like that. I like that a lot. I like it a lot. I like it. Book it. I like it a lot. <laughs> Book it. You heard it here first, folks. Um, again, I, I I don't know why, man. I had a bad feeling about Nathan Maness. I um, I don't know why I had a bad feeling about him because, like, I know he's just had a really tough run in the UFC because of who he's gone against. Like, right. the the guy. I mean, like. Luke Sanders, he got the win over. Tony Gravely, he got the win over, which both those were impressive. But then the two-fight skid against Umerna Magomedov and then Tagir Olambekov. I mean, the rule of thumb is if the last name ends in OV, it's it's going to be a tough fucking night at the office, folks. So, it's over for you, baby. You know what I'm saying? It's over. OV, over. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, he came out and he did the thing. He, he got it done against Mateos Mendoza and... He got it done very quickly. He got it done in four minutes and 40 seconds in the very first round. Um, the fight was being refed by my least favorite referee of all time, Chris Sione, but we're not going to go into that. <laughs> Sorry, I'm the worst. <laughs> uh, can't help yourself. <laughs> I really, I really can't. I'm just, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'll never be a fan of Chris Sione, bro. He always tries to make the fights about him and it's like, just, it's, bro, it's, just do your job, please. So relax. again, yeah, relax. So, uh, again, I, I don't like to use the term one-way traffic, but boy, oh boy, I don't think it gets much more one-sided than 103 strikes landed versus nine. Uh, Nano, <laughs> how did that fight make you feel? <laughs> Maybe feel like I was watching a butt whooping. I mean, not much more to say. I mean, I'd love to hear your breakdown on it. Uh, but Nathan Menes was a, a men menace out there. I mean, it was very menacing the way he was able to get Matisse down, rain the the heavy shots on him and it, it felt like the commentators were a little judging of of maybe matisse's uh decisions throughout that fight whether it was trying to shoot when maybe he didn't need to or trying to go for the takedown when maybe he was better off striking a little bit longer uh but either way he fell right into the trap of nathan manas and uh just was a menace out there man very very Dominant performance, but curious to hear your breakdown of it, brother. I feel like you're on fire tonight. I mean, first things first, I got to address something in the chat here. Eric, first, I mean, welcome to the chat. Appreciate seeing you, brother. Can't wait to see you next year for International Fight Week, since for whatever reason, we only ever hang out once a fucking year. Um, but that being said, worse than Tan Dan, he says in the chat, I like Tan Dan. Dan Bergliotta is fucking awesome, man. Um, I think he's hilarious, and I think he's also a fantastic referee, bro. Uh, also, jumping in the chat here before I give my, my detailed analysis, Mad Max Meridian said, with the messed up scoring criteria, I guess I could sort of see Vanessa a draw. Or, sorry, I guess I could sort of see Vanessa. A draw would have been better. I thought it was fairly clear 2-1 for Kanaka. Okay. I mean, again, I'm not mad at that. Um he also he also went on to say that coming from a guy who hit plus six fifty on Vanessa by decision, if that means anything. Let's fucking go, dude. Let's go. I'm glad you hit that. I'm glad you hit that. Uh, we love it when the boys win. So, my boy Nate. Let's see here. He said I was screaming my face off on that one. Nicest guy ever. 
<laughs> love it. So, uh, Nathan Maness, man, you love to see it. I'm glad that you were super psyched about your boy Nate getting the W. Um, Nathan Mayhem Maness, he he did go out there and get it done, didn't he? Um, again, he made it look pretty easy. It was pretty one way traffic there. 103 strikes landed out of 114 thrown, folks. I don't know how good you are at math, but I'll save you some time and do some quick math for you. That's over a 90% clip of accuracy, folks. Um, The guy couldn't fucking miss, (laughs) and you love to see it. Um, Absolutely insane, insane stats. 35 of those strikes thrown uh, were significant. 29 of those landed. Again, quick math for you, that's 82.9% clip of accuracy on the significant strikes. His poor opponent definitely tried to fight back. He landed nine out of 16 total strikes, coming in at three of seven significant strikes and just getting finished. He got overwhelmed early on and just wasn't given time to recover. Every time he would try to recover, Nathan would come in with a flurry of some sort and just simply didn't give Mateos time to find his rhythm or his reach and range. So in this fight, I um I thought it was going to be a lot more grindy. I don't know why. I thought Mateos was going to come in there and be uh you know a little bit more durable and that he'd be able to wear on Nathan in the later rounds. That being said, uh, I was thinking that uh, Mayness was you know I, I was I was comparing what was going to happen this weekend to his last two performances against guys whose last name ended in OV. So unfair, unfair judgment on my, uh, on my behalf. I should have, I should have really just asked Mad Max Meridian his take on this one, obviously. And it's okay. I'm here to admit that I'm wrong sometimes. And this was that time. Uh, so that being said, the flyweight division of the UFC is wide open. And I think it would be very, very fun to see him fight somebody uh, like to girl and back off. No, I'm just fucking kidding. He's already lost to that guy. I don't want to see him fight another OV right now. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing him fight Sumo Derji, though. I think Sumo Derji would be a really, really fun fight. And I know some of you guys that are uh, maybe new to MMA are thinking, Sumo Derji, I don't really know that name, but it kind of sounds vaguely familiar. So he was in a fight of the fucking year, in my opinion, last year against Matt Danger Snell, uh, where Danger Snell got dropped, I think, like six fucking times and then came back to win. Um, So... Sumo Derji is still ranked fairly high in the UFC flyweight rankings. He's actually sitting comfortably at number 12, right above Tagir Ulenbekov. And wouldn't that be nice to be sitting a rank above the last OV to beat you? Uh, so, oh, don't you put that fucking evil on me, Mad Max. Mad Max in the chat said for Mayness next, CJ Vergara or Tatsuro Taira. CJ, I'm not mad. Oh. I, I'm not mad at that one. But Tatsuro, I don't want to see that, man. Not right now. I want to see both <laughs> those guys grow, and I don't... No. I'm just saying no to that one. I don't like it. <laughs> Tatsuro, man, yeah. Sky's, sky's a limit for that kid, man. He he might be making a quick run to the top here pretty, pretty soon. So, I don't know if I want to see that one as well. But I, I think the name you mentioned is pretty solid, man. I mean... Work your way up. I mean, that, that's a good range right there. Um, yeah, why not run it? You didn't. You didn't want to try and say Sumo Derji. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Cut myself off. Not after today's blunders. <laughs> I know my limits, okay? If I know one thing, <laughs> stay in my lane. No, you're right, <laughs> you're right about, about it. it. You're right about <laughs> it. <laughs> All right, so uh, see what energy it is, guys. Uh, so we've already gone over Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Um, again, I'm I'm not mad at seeing her jump right into these bigger fights. Um, find out what she wants, right? Like, does does she want a big name? Does she want like I think the Angie Overkill Hill fight makes a lot of sense though. Um, boy, this next fight I truly didn't see going this way. Alexander Hernandez lost. No way. No way. Imagine my surprise. No, I'm just fucking kidding. I knew that guy was going to lose. Uh, <laughs> I just, I, I don't like his attitude. He's so, he's so like just venomous in the wrong way, if that makes sense, guys. Um, that being said, he came in with an absolute TRT belly. If you know, you know. Um, I mean, looking at him at weigh-ins, it just looked like he was on all the sauce and all the juice. And um, I mean... Rumor has it they actually tried to test him, but his uh, his piss melted the cup. So, no failed USADA test there, guys. Uh, <laughs> curious to hear your breakdown on that. Uh, or sorry, not the TRT got the HGH cut. That's what it is. My gosh. There we go. There we go. I'm so sorry. Tomato, so tomato. Sorry. <laughs> uh, red buzzer for me. Um, so yeah, it's the HGH cut. So. Big O and Live Jive, what up, Authentic Z? How we doing, brother? Welcome to the chat. Whoa. Yeah, man. I mean, real quick, my my quick synopsis here. I actually had similar notes to you, brother. I felt like Alexander the Great did not look so great in there. There was something about him. He looked a bit depleted, and you could tell right away just did not look as strong, even though he was able to find the chin a few times early. Uh, Bill just was taking him. Good old-fashioned Bill there, man. It was bad. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how all of his punches felt after a while. I just was like, yeah, this isn't going to do it for me. You know, if that's all you got, I could take it. I could do this all day, as Captain America would like to say. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, he got dropped uh, early on and just really had a hard time, I felt like, dealing with Bill's length and just some of that awkward movements that he has, um, you know, his stances, his feints, and just really that that fighting style, really unorthodox, you know, those angles in which he's throwing the punches and the way he's landing. It's like he's just doing a little dance and then finding the hole, finding the gap, finding in between the leather there. Very, very unique. Uh, it seemed to give Alexander some problems. And again, he just did not look great from the jump, like you mentioned. I mean, at weigh-ins, he just really did not look the great Alexander that we've seen in the past. So uh, I do just think the range, I do think that the power... And it not going away over the 15 minutes here. I feel like this gave Alexander a lot of issues. But this is a big statement for Bill, man. Bill Algio is a, a G-O. I mean, this guy came out of nowhere, in my opinion. Never really knew about him before this. But, um, I mean, he did lose to Touchy Philly back in the day. So, you know, in my book, this is somebody that, hey, he he earned, earned some stripes. I, I got to, you know, tip the hat to him. Definitely look, uh, again, really funky. Really unorthodox, but overall was a, a great performance by him over Alexander the Great. Although he looked not so great, so we might need to change the nickname. What are your thoughts, brother? Alexander the not so great, folks. You heard it first here from Live Jive himself. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I completely agree with pretty much everything you said. Uh, 
I've never really been a huge fan of Alexander Hernandez. Um, but what's there to say? It's it, that you didn't already say. Like I think the awkward fight style of Billy A was just too much for him. I thought he couldn't adapt to it, and he really had trouble finding his range and his pacing. Um, Billy Algeo is somebody that typically tries to control the pace, and I agree with what Mad Max Meridian said here in the chat. Again, cliche, but he's the epitome of a guy who can only be the hammer. Seems to freeze a bit or hesitate to pull the trigger as the nail. Um, <clears throat> completely agree. If he's controlling the pace, blah, he's throwing these like crazy overhands, right? He's throwing this crazy, crazy big, big shots all across the board and just basically trying to knock you out with relentless force. But if he's eating shots at all or he's having to move back, he has a lot of trouble not only finding the range while moving backwards, but also doing anything with the power moving backwards. And uh, you, you truly hate to see it, but it's something that he needs to work on if he ever wants to see any chance at improving his ranking and I mean, his likelihood of winning again in the UFC right now, he's um, I know you like it. When I say this, Alexander Hernandez has a very meat and potato style of striking guys. Like he's very like rudimentary style of striking the one, two, the three, four uh, for him. It's not even like a three, four hook. It's just like a three, four, like the crazy overhand, um, which, my coaches at Victory love. I've just never been huge on the overhand. It's okay. Just when he's like ducking down, and he's changing levels. He's like trying to, you know, reach higher on those uh, taller opponents usually. But and it's just too much, man. Uh, and he, he's, you know, usually when we're like, this guy looks like he's fighting out of a like he's a video game character right now. Usually that's a compliment. But when we say it about Alexander Hernandez, it's like it's not because he's just like spamming the same moves over and over again. Um. And that doesn't work in actual fighting. Someone's like, oh, he's doing this again and again. There's a hole there. Uh, so you don't want to do that in actual fighting. And he tends to do that in actual fighting. It doesn't really pan out really well for him. And that's why that's what happened to him in this fight. Uh, that's why you saw his opponent outland him 119 to 76. That's why you saw him outland him in significant strikes 110 to 75. And I mean, the. Can we just talk about the volume of Billy A? My goodness, 257 strikes thrown compared to his opponent throwing 157. Thanks for making the math easy, guys. That's a hundred fucking strike differential. My goodness. To hell of a strike differential, folks. Sheesh. A hundred strikes. He threw a hundred strikes more. So that's why he landed significantly more, folks. He worked harder. He did more. And I mean, to, to my knowledge, he did it naturally, too. No HGH there. Um, I mean, there's only two possible reasons that someone can look like Alexander Hernandez, folks. He either is on the sauce or he's not from this fucking planet. So, um, again, I thought Billy A looked absolutely fantastic out there. The featherweight division in the UFC is one of those that is an absolutely stacked one. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Um, I'm curious to hear who you think should be next for this young man. Yeah, brother. Like you said, I mean, this is a stacked featherweight division, but this was a big statement for a boy, Bill Algio. He's a GEO. Remember that. Um, if I'm starting to look at, Again, I like answering my question here. Is he ready for the top 15? Ah, dude, it's so stacked. I just don't know if I can do that. There's so many names in front of him. There's a couple that I can look at here that would be really fun stylistically. Uh, I'm looking at it. He's coming off a win. 
Although I'd like to see him climb a little bit more. Charles Jordan, uh, Air Jordan, we like to call him around here. But another one is Nate the Train. Londwear. That might be another banger one against Billy Algio. Nate the Train, baby. Again, I mean, there's a lot of names here in this uh, top 25 of the division that you can make a case or has a case to be itching for the top 15. So those are a couple names right off the bat that ooh, sound like fireworks. What are you thinking, brother? The selfishness in me wants to say Nate the Train uh, just because the I know that the buildup for that would be so much fun. Um, Nate the Train, the UFC, baby. Get him on a main card. Get him in front of a microphone. I love hearing Nate the Train talk, man. He definitely brings a lot of extra uh, energy. Brings some extra enthusiasm to the fight, for sure. I love it. He, br- he brings that oomph. I mean, one of the best lines to learn in a post-fight speech was, uh, <laughs> what was it? Hey, Dallas, check out this bicep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> he's got that real southern drive, like, bro. He's so good. He's so he's like McConaughey, he's so bro. Good, dude. Oh, he's um, so dancing. All right, all right, all right. Um, yeah, I actually I, I like all of those names that you said. Uh, if you wanted to bump him up even a, a little bit higher than Nate the Train Landwehr, and again, I'm gonna be I'm just completely honest with you. I actually like your names better than mine. Um. I, I I had Damon Action Jackson down and Billy Quarantillo. Billy the I mean, Squeeze. Yeah, <laughs> I love that too. Damon Action Jackson. I was considering mentioning that name as well. That's hilarious you say that. That was probably the third name if I had to mention one more. But uh, again, I mean, but this is a stacked division. There's a lot of names where you look at it and it's like, okay, this guy is a guy. You know, there's a lot of dogs. So you're going to be battling against these other pit bulls, man. I mean, any of them. Again, probably boils down to timing here, but I'd love to see him square off against any of those bigger names on a main card, maybe on a fight night main card or something. Um, because again, he's he's fun stylistically, man. Yeah, hundred percent. I, I think he's a fantastic fighter. Um, and man, I, Damon is definitely the weirdest looking dude. It, just his build is so odd. I agree. Mad Max Meridian said it, not me. I was just reading a message in the chat, guys. Uh, <laughs> this could be the battle of so, weirdos, then. Damon, the weird looking build and the weird look and the weird styled fighter. <laughs> you know, you know, we're, we're, we're here for it. So uh, that being said, we're going to go ahead and keep going down this card. Keep jumping on, on down here. Whoa, what just happened to my browser? Jeez Louise. Uh, so that was it uh, for that fight. Moving on up, we had Drew Dober, Red Rover, Red Rovers, and Drew Dober on over. He came in there against Rick the Gladiator, Glenn, and um, man, 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 man. Oh, boy. Drew wanted to make... I mean, I could jump in real quick, but Drew just wanted yeah, I, to. I'm gonna. I don't know why. I like even just just the fact that I even said that I thought Rick had a chance on this one. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna let you talk. I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and grab the bottle of whiskey for this one. I'll be back. Yeah, I mean, brother, so, yeah, Red Rover, Red Rover. Drew got sent over, and uh, he was basically a bulldozer that was sent over here. I mean, my goodness, uh, Drew. Dober was able to find the chin early and often against our boy Ricky Glenn, who, like Ole had mentioned, I mean, he's not here now, but the receipts are are here. You can tune into last week's episode, and he was mentioned in a lot of this talk about Ricky Glenn being a lot of problems for Drew Dober, being kind of a, a stepping stone-like guy here in the division. 
But Drew had other plans, man. You know, Drewski here uh, steamrolled right through Ricky. And it just felt like everything that Drew Dober was throwing just had bad intentions. Just felt like everything, if there was a, a power meter, a power odometer, you can say, it felt like everything was at a, a power level of 95 and up. Like nothing was lower than 90. I mean, this guy, everything Drew was throwing just had every bit of any malice and ill intention you could think of. This guy was festering in there like uh, the water boy. That's what basically Drew Dober unleashed on ricky glenn here just simply outclassed them there was maybe ten, like a, it was like a seven to ten shot combination that he ended up landing that was what ended up putting him away and every single one of those shots that Olin is um perfectly demonstrating here i mean it was on the money i mean it was perfectly accurate had ill intentions on it um man i mean i think this was an exciting victory for drew uh, he now has the most finishes in the lightweight division. That is a fantastic feat. Thinking of all the names there. I mean, come on. Some of your favorite fighters, folks. Dustin Poirier, McGregor, Khabib, all of them. Justin Gaethje. He's got more than all these cats. Crazy. Crazy, man. So I'm interested to see what's next for Drew. I'm curious to hear your names. I have a couple in mind. But, um, man, what a performance for our boy, Drew Dober. What do you think, brother? Well, I did say that I thought Drew Dober, um, you know, was the like the person to bet on, but I also thought that it wouldn't, you know, make sense not to hedge a little bit on Ricky Glenn because you know he's he was a, a pretty big underdog there, and uh, I I thought Glenn has heavy hands, deceptively heavy hands. Um, but man, I uh, I definitely shouldn't have even given thought to that. So folks to you guys um and then we'll get into the breakdown so it started off with a bang the fight was absolutely disgusting drew dober my goodness the man is just disgustingly heavy-handed um as nano said i mean the 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 fight ending sequence was a seven shot combo it was just it was it was nasty it was nasty um nano perfectly demonstrating what it looks like to be clipped by that seven strike combo guys um this is why you got to tune into the live video version you know what i'm saying um we'd love to see you here in the chat so guys drew dober is just an absolute stud of a man. Um, very, very nice. One of one of my favorite interactions at International Fight Week, if I'm being honest. He was just a, a very, very nice guy. Um, that being said, 30 strikes landed to five. Now, I know that I bragged about one-way traffic earlier, like 100-plus strikes landed compared to nine. But 30 to five is arguably more dominant. And I know, I know what you're thinking. You're like... How is uh, landing 30 strikes compared to five more dominant than landing 117 over nine? Um, but it's because he fucking finished that guy in 30 strikes. It didn't go 15 minutes. It didn't go to a decision. It went to a two minute and 30 second stoppage of someone saving this young man who calls himself the gladiator's life. So, I mean, the ref needed to be there to save him because he wouldn't have saved himself. He's a gladiator. He's trying to die on his shield or sword. So, I thought Drew Dober could not have looked better in that fight. Um, 
He landed at a 56.6% clip. Every single strike he threw was considered a significant attempt. Every single strike that he landed was considered a significant strike. Uh, he had one knockdown before the finish came and drew, or sorry, not uh, drew, Rick the Gladiator Glenn grabbed the glove. You know I hate I hate to see shit like that because I had I had just honestly I had Vietnam flashbacks to the Dustin Poirier versus Charlie Olives fight. Okay. And it, it just it made me very sad. So um we all know Dustin should have won that fight. But anyways, uh, I digress. Drew Dober is who we're talking about here, folks. And what do we think is next for him? Um, I know it seems like I'm trying to segue into a Dustin Poirier fight, but that is the furthest thing from what I want. I don't want that fight. Uh, I don't want that fight even one bit, guys. But what I do want is I want you and everyone else, uh, your mom, your your grandma, I want everybody to put some respect on Drew Dober's name because the man has earned it. He has more than earned it. He is an absolute stud of a human being. Um but what's next for him, guys? Like he went out there and he beat Rick Glenn uh, in in one of the most stacked divisions in the UFC, if not the most stacked division in the UFC. I'd like to see him fight. He not though money Moicano. That's my name. Let's go. We are in sync, brother. Let's Whoa, do it. Are you serious? I have the same exact name. Let's go, Renato Moicano, number thirteen. Jeez. Bro, what? <laughs> and I was hesitant because uh, Bobby Green did, or Renata did call out Bobby Green, and I was like, man, maybe I'll <laughs> leave that for Bobby. But I was like, nah, I think this is a better matchup, man. Drew Dober against Renato Foshoto. Look at us, brother. <laughs> I Can't love how we, like, get, we can disagree on like fucking 80% of the fight picks. <laughs> but when it comes to what should be next, we're like, Dana White and Sean Shelby. If I there it is. That Xavier, Professor X right there, bro. Um, wow. Honestly, I, I will admit, I mean, I have wow. a second name as well. And that's not the only name, but it is first. What's your second name? Diego Fajeda. Just because Stop. he's right there, number 15. <laughs> you too? I swear oh to God, God, I had Diego Fajeda written down too. Oh I, just, my I, didn't, I didn't want to say it because I, I figured like, People more know like Money Moicano after that last like speech he had. Um, yeah. But Fajeda, I think, is a really, really good option, man. If you want to fight Dustin Poirier, the training wheels are Diego Fajeda. That's my Agreed. Take. Agreed. Diego Fajeda was Dustin Poirier's first fight in lightweight when he went up to lightweight. Fun fact. Uh, I know everything about DP because I fucking love that guy. He's amazing. Uh, he's, a, he's an OG. That's a legend. <laughs> he's, he's, he's the guy. one of the best. <laughs> he's a, he's he great. Is. Oh, yeah. He's great. And Dustin, Dustin just, man, he beat him up in that fight. It was a fun fight. I'm probably going to go back and rewatch that fight tonight before I go to bed now. Good call. <laughs> Good call. If you Might haven't you. seen it, I recommend it, bro. I recommend it. I will. I'll have to check it. I don't remember it, so that means I have to fresh my memory. Yes. Um... So, yeah, moving into the next fight then, since, uh, I mean, we, we don't even have anything to fucking argue about when it comes to that one. Um, Joaquin Buckley versus Alex Morono, the guy that looks like Victor Zaz from uh, Gotham City themselves, um, versus arguably one of the scariest looking people in the division. He's just so fucking jacked. And in that division, he looks just, just shrunk rap, I, I think would be the right word. Like, Man, what what did you think about this fight? 
Yeah, I mean, this was definitely one that shocked me. I mean, I'm gonna have to pour up my shot here at, uh, as you're doing your breakdown. I will do my shot here of humble pie because, you know, I, I just didn't see it going that way. I mean, it felt like from the literal first seconds of the fight, Joaquin Buckley came out, ran towards his opponent, Alex, and said, no, I'm, I'm going to grab control of this fight. I'm grabbing the uh, bull by the horns here and, and I'm taking the reins, like move on over. I'm driving this. Um, man, it, it was shocking to see that. I and mean, it was also really surprising to see Joaquin Buckley keep his gas tank, never lose focus, never faded, and never lost uh, focus. I don't know if I said that twice just now. But um, those are really the two things I felt like in most of Joaquin's losses, although he's talented and has some of the flashiest knockouts and striking you'll see, it, it, he was lacking in the focus department. He was getting um, countered and, and doing things that were maybe elementary when it comes to striking that were leading to his defeats. Um, and then just fading. I mean, not having the best gas tank, gassing out a bit too quick or just kind of blowing the water early, um, thinking you're, you're finishing somebody and then a round or two later, you have nothing to fall back on. Uh, but that was not what we saw this time. Not today, Junior. Not against a tough Alex Moran Morono at that. So really got to give Joaquin uh, Buckley his flowers here. And again, man, he just he looked fast. He looked strong. Those punches he were, uh, was landing just had a bit more venom behind him. Um, and even just his feints, like his head movement, his kicks, everything, even the kicks that weren't landing, um, just felt like overall was really impacting Alex, his movement, his willingness to want to try to shoot on Joaquin. Overall, man, it just, this was probably the best case scenario fight stylistically, like how it played out uh, for Joaquin Buckley, man. I mean, and maybe it's just because he took control of it, but he sat in the pocket, looked really good defensively. And again, just put together a really good 15 minutes of, of fighting, man. So I was really excited for the kid. Sky's the limit for him, man. At 29 years young. I mean, I, I have a couple names in, in mind. Again, this is another stack division that can easily be a top 25, and you can make a case for anybody there. Uh, but I'd love to hear your breakdown of the fight, brother, and uh, what might be next for Joaquin Buckley while I take my shot here. Yeah, man. Um, so... <laughs> I can't let you do one by yourself, man. That's how we do. That's how we do. Need some of that cranberry juice. <sighs> so, um, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I ran out of cranberry juice, so I just put a little bit of water in the, in the glass. You know, cranberry-flavored water. Totally works. Totally fine. You know, that's how we improvise. So... <clears throat> Mad Max Meridian threw something here in the chat. He threw a uh, little dog emoji. Super cute. STL fighting smart, too. Better IQ this fight. So, look, I mean, if you like dogs, that is a perfect segue to who this podcast is brought to you by. A word from our sponsors. So uh, for those of you that are just um, listening to the audio version, this episode brought to you by Drive Turkey Nano's very brand new book. 
he's a dog. Um, so, <clears throat> uh, again, Joaquin Buckley is definitely the definition of a dog. Uh, I mean, look, quick story time here, folks. If I haven't already told it 25 times, um, I'm going to tell it again because, you know, <laughs> it's what I do. All right. So, while we're at International Fight Week, the man doesn't have a, a place on the stage. So what does he do? He basically just gets a crowd to form around him in the middle of the fucking like thing and then starts calling out like fighters uh, on the mic and, uh, you know, getting people taking videos of him and stuff. I got pictures with him like he's super dope, but like he formed his own crowd. He's like, cool. I don't have a place on stage. I'll make my own fucking stage in the middle of the crowd. Sick. Um, so. The man is an absolute dog. He went in there against someone that I actually thought was going to go out there and get the win over him in Alex Morono. Morono did look pretty good for the first round or so, but I mean, he started to fade pretty quick whenever those big shots started to land from Joaquin Buckley. Joaquin Buckley um, looked arguably the best he has ever, ever looked. Um, it was just too much, man. It was just too much. He was too big, too strong, and too damn pretty. Oh my God. Mad Max Meridian, I need you to just leave after that. So Mad Max Meridian, guys, in the chat said, <laughs> he reminds me of Ernie Hudson. If you don't Ernie know who Hudson. that is, I'm going to need you to open a separate tab on your internet browser here and look up Ernie Hudson. And if you don't feel like doing that, <laughs> spoiler alert, guys, I will go ahead and tell you who the fuck Ernie Hudson is. Okay? He is Winston. Okay? He is Winston from Ghostbusters. Um, there you go. Come on, guys. Like, he's an all-time legend, <laughs> and I fucking hate how accurate that is. God you got to look up that version of him, too, because we, Joaquin Buckley looks like Winston. Like, that version of... <laughs> I heard he had some great call-up, brother. That is fantastic reference. Makes you want to watch some Ghostbusters so, movies fun now. Fact, my fiance absolutely... I think she loves it, but I know she hates it when I do the same thing, and I do it very, very often. I do it way too often um you know like uh, the, like there are some very obvious ones like mma zach morris sage Northcut. um but you know like I, I do this all the time so i fucking appreciate the hell out of that the cop from the crow that is the version he looks like actually yes great movie more great serious. reference the crow dude you know great it movie. can't rain all the time absolutely not man um, that's that's one of my favorite lines of any movie of all time. The oh, this is a great movie. Yeah. Oh, right, man. Man, we could definitely go off on tangents about movies. We love that. So, yeah. Uh, put in your votes for what movies you want to hear us talk about, too, and other pop culture stuff, because, you know, we're fucking game. Uh, Joaquin Buckley, I, I can't talk enough about how much he's improved from his last fight to this fight, man. He His footwork looked better. The leg kicks looked really nice. The body work looked really fucking nice. Like, uh, you know what I like to say. Stacking pennies for a rainy day. And boy, was he doing it. He was stacking pennies for a fucking rainy day. And uh, the best thing about it is it didn't even start to rain. You know what I'm saying? I thought hurricane season was over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> great reference great reference <laughs> the only rain was out of Alex's nose after a while because Joaquin was putting tips on your boy I know what that feels like yeah no one knows you know what I'm saying <laughs> leaking like a oh, faucet a little crickedness <laughs> coming on there <laughs> 
Um, so uh, this is why I have a soundboard and don't use my own sound effects from my mouth. Uh, <laughs> what should be next for Joaquin Buckley? That's the biggest question because everybody knows what happened here. Um, it wasn't one-way traffic, not like some of these other decisions, but as the fight went on, I thought that it, it did get far more decisive that Buckley was going to be the guy that was going to win this fight. Um, as Mad Max Meridian said in the chat here, coming into his own, Buckley really maturing as a fighter, making smarter choices. You could tell he's thinking, and I dig the development. I 100% agree, and holy fuck, Mad Max Meridian. Tapping Great into name. the hive. Tapping into the hive mind. Santiago Panzanibio. Ooh. Well, that's a Let's great go, name. Baby. Wow. Who do you have? Who do you have on the tip of your tongue? I had a Daniel Rodriguez. I thought would be an interesting name there. Floating right outside the top 15. He's like in that top 20, top 25 range. Another one is Randy Rude Boy Brown. Just another one as well. Fun striker. Not as big of a name. But honestly, if I'm Joaquin Buckley, man, I'm, I'm knocking on that top 15. I'm looking at Michael Chiesa or Neil Magny. Not a good stylistic matchup for him at all. That's going to be the ultimate test if you get through one of those guys in terms of grappling and and you know jujitsu is concerned. But those are two names that I, I think is maybe the high side for for Joaquin Buckley. If not, I'd settle with the Daniel Rodriguez any day. What about you, brother? So um, I have three names. I have D Rod. I thought Daniel Rodriguez would be a really really fun matchup for him. I thought that it makes sense like where they are trajectory wise in their careers as well. Yep. Um, the other name that I had, I did have Ponzinibbio on the list as well. He was at the bottom of my list. Now I, I, I got to be honest with you, the middle of my list is D Rod. The top of my list, because I'm a uh, you know I'm I'm an uncle who makes really bad dad jokes. Um, I put Chop Gun. Like how a Brazilian person would say Top Gun, um, oh, which is Maverick. Michael, Michael Chiesa, Maverick. Uh, Michael uh, there Chiesa. we go. There we go. <laughs> Chop Gun. Chop Gun. It's a reach. Uh, it's a reach. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Chop Gun, Maverick, mm-hmm. Michael Chiesa. I think he's sitting wow. right outside the top 15. Uh, but I'll be completely honest with you. I'm one of those people that will call a spade a spade. And I'm not above being convinced. Okay. And I have now been convinced that I think Root Boy is the guy. I think Randy Rootboy Brown would might might be just a, a better matchup. Uh, I'm also not mad at what Mad Max said in the chat again, throwing the smoke up, man. And you know what they say? Where there is smoke, there is fire. The guy's spitting fucking fire. Throwback to an old uh, old skit comedy show before a lot of you people's time, probably. Um, call this guy one of the best five rappers in the world because he spits hot fire. Dylon, 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 Dylon. This guy <laughs> said, lead the lead Xing Liang. I think that's a really solid matchup. That'd be a really fun one. Yeah, I haven't seen him fight in a while. You need to get him back out there as well, man. That'd be, that's a great name. Solid All I hope is that he actually gets a press conference so that way we can actually see the suit finally because, man, it was just so sad that we didn't get to see the suit you know, right, the, you the, are got, the, the, the fucking media day got canceled. He bragged about the suit. We didn't get to see the suit. It was sad, sad stuff. The tailor made suit, man. They ain't cheap either. They ain't cheap. I wouldn't know. I don't have one. Too poor. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, but, but, but seriously, though, <laughs> they're very expensive things. Um, that being said, man, 
Joaquin Buckley. I think he has a lot of options ahead of him, and I don't think it's going to be that hard for him to get a spot on the stage at next year's UFC International Fight Week. Speaking of people that will probably be on the stage at next year's UFC International Fight Week, be Joe Piper. Ladies and gentlemen, that man is a fucking beast. Um, I'm going to let you choose because, you know, I always feel like I take the reins here. Who do you think is who, who would you like to take the lead here? Uh, I can take this one. You can take the next one. I mean, granted, hey, they're both going to be pretty short and sweet here. Tagging them in. Let's go. Let's go. Pretty short and sweet. I'll take the kill main. I'll handle the lightweight here. Uh, but Joe Pfeiffer is no lightweight at all. This brother is stacked. This brother is a problem. And uh, my first note, and first and foremost, we might need to get a shirt uh, with Joe Pfeiffer's permission. But just be like Joe. Just be like Joe. That's all I got to say. What are you going to do? Be like Joe. Okay? Be like Joe. Do everything right outside the octagon. Be like Joe. You're going to train hard for your fight in the octagon. Be like Joe. You're going to look scary in the octagon. You're going to shave your head, even though you don't need to. And grow that red beard out. Maybe dye it a little extra red. Be like Joe. And you're going to dominate your opponent. Be like Joe. Move up the rankings. Repeat the cycle. Be Joe. Be like Joe. I feel like I feel like you should have better music for this. Here you go. Just, <laughs> just make sure you speak up, speak with your chest here, with the rest of your be like Joe speech. Here we go. <laughs> make yourself the obvious elite talent in the the stack division. Be like Joe Piper. Twenty twenty four. Absolute stud, man. I love to see it. I mean, the dude looks absolutely stacked. Uh, and again, this is a wide open division that just got a little bit more wide open, man. You never know what's next here. And and again, I think you got to put a number next to this kid's name. I mean, why not? Like, why not? The dude looks strong. The dude ripped this guy, choked him into an, another being. I do think it was a bad stoppage. I mean, he was clearly tapping, even though it was kind of a close-fisted tap. Should have got him out of there, because next thing you know, his eyes were popping out of his chest there. Or popping out of his eyes, I should say. Um, but again, Joe looks like the real deal, man. I'll quickly say my, a couple names that I had uh, in that top 15 and sitting at 15, Anthony Hernandez. Not a huge name, but, I mean, you have that number 15 next to you. So that's just next in line for Big Joe Pfeiffer. Uh, or Andre Muniz. I mean, he just lost to Paul Craig. Another, I mean, just big, tough guy. Known to give you trouble on the ground. Would be a big test for Joe Pfeiffer, but sign me up for that as well. Ooh, Mad Max has another good name as well in the chat here. Action man Chris Curtis. Now we're talking Mad Max, man. Bringing fire. I like it. Throwing in the heat. Throwing in the fucking heat in the chat here is Mad Max Meridian. And also, I love everything you had to say, Jive. Um, completely agree with you on that one. So, Joe Pfeiffer. Be Joe Pfeiffer, folks. Um, <clears throat> now, I know... If you are a casual fan, and again, we welcome you if you're a casual fan. We love casual fans at this podcast because that's why we're here, right? Like, that's one of the main reasons that I chose my close friend Nano here to be the co-host of this show, right? Like, I've trained. He he hits the bag at, you know, the city sport and stuff like that, and, and I teach him combos and stuff, and he's very proficient when I teach him things, but he's not trained. I don't know that he's done a whole lot of sparring rounds or anything like that. So it's kind of like the fighter and the kid, but less douchey, I hope. Um, so I see I love for the game, baby. Yes, you know what I'm exactly. saying? we're all passionate about mixed martial arts here. And that's why we're here. So we're and we might to actually be funny at times. 
Let's go. That's the hope. Maybe. That is definitely the hope. So that's why we call ourselves the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. No filter because there's no filter. And MMA Anomaly because, well, obviously we cover MMA. And an anomaly is something that's a little bit different. We hopefully are a little bit different. So that being said, if you are a casual and you are just getting into sports and your homie that fucking loves MMA is like, dude, look, I got to tell you about this fight that's going to happen on Saturday, all right? These two guys, they're so strong and all they do is knock people out, dude. Like, if they hit you with the left hand, bam, you're going to sleep. If they hit you with the right hand, bam, you're going to sleep. So, like, someone's going to sleep, dude. Um, Obviously, if you are a casual fan and you hear this, you're like, this is going to be like a movie fight scene. Oh, my God. I'm going to see like 3,000 punches be thrown for sure. Okay, so the way that I literally just jokingly and mockingly describe the fight, that's how I would describe it to a casual friend when we're talking about Mr. B. Joe Piper himself coming in against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Both these guys have venom in their hands, Okay. But that's just not the case whenever it comes to two heavy-handed knockout artists who are smart and have high fight IQ. They, they're not going to throw 3,000 strikes because they know that they, they have a limited gas tank to do what they do best, which is put you on your ass. So when a fight went seven minutes and five seconds long, you would expect a lot more than, I don't know, 37 strikes to have been landed, but that's exactly what happened across the two of them combined. Um, so Abdul Razak Al Hassan, yeah, I, I don't know if you see Nano here in the chat. Um, Abdul Razak Al Hassan landed 11 strikes in this entire fight. Uh, Joe Pfeiffer landed 26 strikes in this entire fight. There were moments in this entire fight where both men were fucking hurt. So doesn't take a lot of strikes to land for someone to be hurt. When both men have just absolute thunder in their hands, folks. This is how the, this is. I mean, as Rick says, and that's the way the news goes. So that is the way the news goes, right? Like these guys have dynamite in their hands. They have dynamite in their feet and shins, I should say, because like for those of you that are casuals have not trained, you're not hitting with your feet when you're hitting someone in the legs or body, you're hitting them with your shin bone, which as my favorite Muay Thai coach uh, back at AKA would say, when I was training there, Tomas Nomas Dion, it feels like an aluminum bat hitting you. It really, truly does. Um, that's what he would describe specifically Luke Rockhold kicking him to feel like, an aluminum baseball bat. So just imagine that hitting your ribs and or legs. That's what happened in this fight in that second round against Joe Pfeiffer. He actually ate a very nasty leg kick, and that's why he shot for that takedown and ultimately ended up actually going for and getting that very nasty arm triangle choke here uh, against his opponent, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. I thought that it was a very, very significant submission win for him. He proved that he's more than just a striker. And I got to say, like, we see a lot of really solid impressive collegiate college wrestlers come into the UFC, right? Fair, fair. Um, Joe Pfeiffer lands takedowns and grappling exchanges the way that most collegiate wrestlers imagine they are going to land wrestling and grappling exchanges when they get to the UFC. Like Joe Pfeiffer um, 
in the least sexist way possible is the definition of a man. Like he just fucking like, he's like, I don't care if you want this to happen or not. It's happening. So <laughs> he just, he makes it happen guys. He's very strong. And the worst thing about him is he's not somebody that just muscles up on you. He has really, really good and sound technique. And that's the best thing and worst thing about him, guys. He's so good with the technique. Uh, and it, it, it just, it's beautiful to see. It's beautiful to witness. He's got power behind it. He's got technique behind it. What more can you ask for? He gets it done via submission in this one when most people think he's just a knockout guy. Um, honestly, what do I think should be next for this young man? I mean, there's a lot of different options for him. Um, when it comes to the UFC middleweight division, I think that it's pretty close to the welterweight division and the fact that a lot of these guys like to wait for their opportunity rather than fight for their opportunity. Um, but it really depends on how how much Dana White is really behind this guy. Like, is he super backing him? Like, does he want to pole vault him to the top like a Sean O'Malley or does he want to do a slow burn and then let him wait and wait and wait like a... Um, I don't know. Let's see. Who's being really, really catered and just giving a, I don't know, a, a real easy pat to the top. I can't think of a name right now. Just kidding. Patty Pimblett. Uh, so, uh, that being said, uh, the guy that's, or should I call him the guy that's dodging Steamroller for Vola? I don't know. Either way, Patty Pimblett is someone that is definitely dodging fights and being catered to the top. Do they want to do that to Joe Pfeiffer? I don't think so, just because they already gave him a heavy-handed person in Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. But he was not ranked, I digress. So, what should be next for him at the middleweight division? Well, if they want to give him somebody ranked, I think they give him maybe a uh, Christy Action Man Curtis, as was said in the chat. I think that's a very, very fun one. Andre Muniz is on the down uh, right now, and I think that that makes a lot of sense. If Dana wants to be like super, super Dana White privilege mode right now, I don't know, dude. Fuck it. Give him Brendan Allen. I hate that Whoa. fight. Whoa. I hate, no, I hate everything about that fight. I'm not saying that's what I want. Like, on the record, I don't want that. Let it be known. I'm saying things I don't want. <laughs> I mean, geez. I think Brendan's fighting someone, isn't he? Let me double check this here. He's going to be fighting Paul Craig. In about a, uh, five, six weeks. Who's Paul he fighting? Paul Craig. Paul Craig. Paul Craig. <clears throat> um, un unpopular, unpopular opinion. I think he goes out there, lends a little, and then uh, gets it done by submission against Paul Craig. Jeez, by submission. Oh, baby. That'd be juicy, juicy meatball. Well, I think that's how it happens. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know, dude. I think that's how it happens. I think he gets it done via submission. And uh, I, I think he makes it a really, really fun fight. And then after that, I think he probably, uh, yeah, I, I forgot he had that fight. So Brendan Allen's off my freaking list, dude. I don't want to see Brendan Allen. Sorry, I don't dude. want to see it anyways. I don't, don't want to see it anyways. I don't want to see it anyways, dude. No, um, <laughs> I forgot Brendan Allen was fighting Paul Craig. I think he beats Paul Craig. And then I think he calls out somebody like a Marvin Vittoria or Jared Kennanier. Um, oh, banger. 
you know what I'm saying? Banger alert. So yeah, I'm, I'm actually just going to just kind of jump on what you guys said. I think body bags versus RoboCop is fun. And I also think yes. body bags versus action man is a lot of fun. Yes. Yeah. Give him a big name. Give him, get him on a main card. Okay. Could potentially Dude, fight an okay, item. Sorry, sorry, sorry. There I don't we mean go. to cut you off. Mad Max no, Marini in the chat here said, standing head and arm gorilla drag thing Pfeiffer did was kind of wild. That dude is strong. Okay. Again, I'm not a big grappling guy. I am a like fairly proficient striker. Um, and uh, like I, I, when I saw that happen, I was like, is that a normal fucking technique? Or did he just like manhandle homie? <laughs> So I'm glad that you literally referred to it as a standing head and arm gorilla drag thing, (laughs) Uh, because I was like, I haven't seen that. Maybe that's like some weird Tiff Planet shit that I've never seen. Uh, He definitely just big brother dragged him. I was all, was that a, was that a leverage thing? (laughs) (laughs) That's called dipping your friend in the pool (laughs) without his permission. Just get him in there, man. Thank you. Thank you for the follow up. Mad Max in the chat. No, that's just straight up big brother manhandling. I literally yeah. out loud was like, God, wait, he was like, there you go. Uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear a grappling uh, proficient person say that, because, again, when I was watching it, I was literally like, what is this? <laughs> So again, uh, oh, I'm very, very happy with that fight. Nano, what did you think of the Big Brother strength, man? I mean, it was it was impressive. It was absolutely impressive, man. Yeah, that's you're talking about the 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 choke in general. Yeah, like that little yeah sequence. I mean, yeah, it was. Yeah, I mean, and again, I've never seen Abdul fight before that, so I, you know, I, I want to maybe tamper my expectations a little bit. You know, maybe I shouldn't be sitting here and saying Joe Piper needs a title shot. Like, like you said, he did get hit a couple times. Um, he was just able to use his leverage. I mean, it seemed like kind of a judo style technique with obviously just a mixture of just pure strength for sure. Um, but if I recall correctly seems like he got his his hips in the right position he did everything he needed to he just i think anything he does he's so darn muscular it just looks like his muscles are popping out the freaking arena <laughs> yeah no absolutely dude um and i i completely agree with mad max here being an islam fanboy have having had a fucking bone snap by the guy islam versus olives was similar but not quite the same degree um dude's got the squeeze right like Islam definitely has the squeeze. Joe definitely has the squeeze, but it's different, right? Like, I feel like Joe uses a little bit of muscle, whereas Islam, I I, I would urge you to, even if you don't have UFC Fight Pass, um, humble plug here, not sponsored at all by any, any mean, shape, or form. I wish, I fucking wish I was, because then maybe I'd get a discount on mine. But anyways, uh, I digress. Please at least sign up for the um, the little like free week or month or whatever that they do of UFC Pipe Pass. Go back and watch Islam's old fights. And even when he's like 17, 18 years old, watch the technique. Please watch the technique. Peep the technique of what he does with the grappling, how he does it. Um, it it's kind of like people say in like sales or, or business. It's often not what you say. It's how you say it. Right. Um, just like with Islam, just like with Joe Piper, it's often not what you do. It's how you do it. So he never really muscles up on anything. And that's why it's so perfectly sound. 
even even in the like whenever he would mix it in with uh, us at our fucking random Muay Thai classes at AKA he was there to learn sound technique because he didn't have the technique there. He was coming to beginners Muay Thai classes to learn that technique. He wasn't always only going to like that. Like he was going to every class, right? Like he's trying to learn fucking everything. So you learn these basic techniques, you build on them, etc. That's what he's done his entire life. Um, let's see what Mad Max here. Go to the chat real quick. Islam's positioning is basically spot on ear to ear, etc. Pfeiffer just needs to be in the neighborhood. I completely agree. Piper has a, a freakish, just innate ability to muscle up on you. And it's fun to watch for sure. But when he goes against anybody that's going to be like more positionally sound than him or more technically sound than him, it might be a problem for him. I think there's going to be deficiency gap there um, or an efficiency gap there for that matter. So he might get his gas tank worn down. And I mean, we saw it against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. I told you to sprinkle a little bit on him, too. And we saw reasons why. Like, was I wrong that he got was going to get the win? Yes. I told you if you're going to bet money on this, like probably bet two to one, right? Like bet two on fucking Pfeiffer and, and bet one on Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. Why? Because Abdul has the power in both his hands and his legs. And we saw it. He landed a leg kick. And I I don't like, I, I listen to the post fight presser. You know, I do this every time. So I'm, I'm not like Ill, ill-advised or, or ill-educated here. I know what he said. He said it landed on the Peroni. He said it landed on the nerve. And then, you know, like I had to, I had to land that takedown. I don't know that it landed on the nerve. It looked like it landed a little bit high to hit the peroneal nerve for me. I think maybe our boy, B. Joe Pfeiffer, just hasn't really felt a leg kick of that UFC caliber yet. And he felt it. So, I don't know, dude. I feel like if he fights a more proficient young man in the middleweight rankings, uh, like... I mean, let's just be completely honest here. If he fights somebody like a Brendan Allen... It's bad. Yeah. In terms of striking, I mean, they they will be able to, pick I think, apart. handle, yeah, handle the strength. But, yeah, be able to pick them apart um, and hopefully or more than likely be able to avoid the nuclear hands that he has. I mean, yeah, if he gets yeah. his paws on you, he can do a lot. But, I mean, it's, man, we're talking about the best of the best now, right? I mean, Abdul, strong guy, has a knockout power. We've seen it. But it, 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 there's another jump, and it's crazy to make that jump at that level, right? It's like going from the minor leagues to the pros. The minor league guys are still beating up the dudes in the gym and the rec leagues. Like, they're the best by far, but there's still another level to that professional or that elite class. And, and Joe has all the makings. I mean, you know he's working hard. You know he's doing all the right things. Is he there yet? You know, where is that measuring stick? And uh, Brendan Allen, I mean, man, that'd be a huge test. Again, I'm going to double down on my Andre Muniz as somebody that is still another level above, but can really give him some troubles in terms of grappling. I mean, strength-wise, not as much striking, though. I'll be honest. I mean, that is a little bit of an issue with Andre Muniz, but yeah, not everybody else in that top 15. That's for darn sure. Welcome to the chat, Turtle, a.k.a. Andrew, the guy, the man, the myth, the legend. He said he thinks Piper is better on the feet than B.A., potentially K.O., but I really like B.A.'s grappling. He's very smart and experienced. So I'm going to agree with you. I think, okay, 
Actually, no, I'm not going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you and disagree with you at the same time. Um, but I'm not sitting on the fence. I'm going to give a reason why here. Uh, so I, I do agree with you that Pfeiffer is better on the feet than Brandon Allen when it comes to power. But I think that he's a very mean potato style of striking. I think that Brendan Allen has a much better um, fight IQ than Pfeiffer overall due to his experience in, in mixed martial arts. And as a result, because of that, his shot selection is better. Because his shot selection is better, I think that on the feet, he actually slightly has the edge. But it's like, it's not like this, right? Like, it's like, it's like this. For those of you watching, I'm doing like a weird hand thing where like one is just barely <laughs> above the top. Uh, so <laughs> uh, I, I think Brennan Allen barely edges it out on the feet. And then in the grappling, as you said, Brennan Allen is very smart and very experienced, which is exactly what I said in different wording for the, the stand-up game. Uh, so I think that Brennan Allen is able to get it done on the feet or on the ground. That being said, I think that he's probably able to land a witty shot. Um, and I, <laughs> I don't want to be that guy, but like if, if Piper thinks that like that landed on the peroneal nerve and rocked his shit, I think BA just goes to the legs early on, goes to the well, stacks money for a rainy day and uh, probably actually hits the peroneal nerve makes Pfeiffer shoot for a, a weak shot while his peroneal nerve is compromised. And then we end up seeing it just all bad. I, I think he ends up getting submitted, maybe guillotined. That's that's a, not a bad call, honestly. Not a bad take it whatsoever. It could be a liver shot to the body. It can be a perennial kick to the leg, like you said. Yeah, Joe could get caught off guard. Ooh, Mad Max here. Okay. I actually this Screw brings, it, me, this brings me to a point. This brings me to a point. I have to ask the chat. Um Turtle Turtle 301, Mad Max Meridian, anybody else in the chat that's just lurking. If you've been quiet this whole fucking episode and you're in the live chat, this is the one time I ask you to come off of mute essentially and, and respond here in the chat. I need to know. Okay. <clears throat> is Bo Nickel? evil Joe Pfeiffer or is Joe Pfeiffer evil Bo Nickel? I got to know. <laughs> Joe just looks like, looks like Bo's big brother. <laughs> Somehow. I feel like they literally look like bizarro world versions of each other. <laughs> One just has worse cauliflower ear than the other. That's, little, that's the only that's difference I see. Yeah. Bo Nickel. Like it's Bo Nickel for sure, dude. <laughs> um, oh, I love it. Fucking Mad Max is just throwing fire all day, dude. He said both of them seem to have the personality of a rock. Um, that's absolutely incredible. Those wrestler guys, not a lot of personality. <laughs> that's absolutely incredible. Um, yeah, I mean, like they, I wouldn't say they have the personality of a rock. Because, uh, you know, that would be offensive to rocks all around the world. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, man. You, just when you think the jokes can't get any worse, boom, hand gestures <laughs> and jokes all day. So um, that brings us right into the main event. I, just because I can't, I can't talk about B. Joe Piper any fucking longer at this point. So... Um, 
thank you, Sherdog, for doing that same thing to me that it was doing to Mad Max Meridian the other day on his fucking episode. Great work. Appreciate it. Uh, Grant KGD Dawson coming in against Bobby Green. Guys, it's it's main event time. Ladies and gentlemen, we are live. Let's go, guys. It's time for the main event. I'm going to tag Nano in to go ahead and start this one off. Nano, did you see this one going this way? And if not... What was your instant reaction to seeing it go this way? Tag, you're in. Oh, as I'm pouring my shot here. I mean, that intro was about as long as the fight was. I mean, my goodness. Uh, Bobby Green meant <laughs> meant vengeance. This brother was looking for revenge. And it felt like he was channeling a little bit of his own Michael Jordan moment of, you know, found some sort of uh motivation or reason to hurt grand dawson which really may not have been there right i mean let's be honest i mean grand dawson telling his coaches maybe laughing or or pretending the mitts or bobby's face of some sort in a candid video that's being recorded i mean i don't think that's really a dig at bobby or it would be to me especially if he's been nothing but cool calm courteous otherwise uh, again, it just felt like a Michael Jordan moment where, you know, Michael <laughs> shakes the guy's hand. The coach is like, hey, great game. I hope best of luck to you and your family. I hope, you know, hope, uh, hope good blessings. And Michael's like, that's what I knew. That was everything I needed. That was a motivation. I, uh, that was a motivation I needed from this guy. Now I'm fired up. This guy's talking crap to my face. It's like, no, it's like, that's my C. That's basically, <laughs> well, he had his S my C moment, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, man, I mean, what a performance. I mean, what an outing by Bobby. I mean, definitively going out there and just putting some leather onto Grant. And I was honestly surprised Grant wasn't able to handle it. I mean, it, it wasn't a, a very menacing punch. It wasn't loaded up. It was just right down the barrel, left hand, right to the chin. And uh, it was whispering that sweet chin music, man. I mean, wow. Talk about stealing momentum from uh, Grant Dawson. I was expecting to be talking about the hype train and what's next for you know kgd but now bobby gets the you know be the conductor of this hype train now bobby green's the one that is now in the driver's seat at 37 years old what's next for him i mean if you're not fine for a title soon then what are you doing right i mean maybe you're hoping to make some match makes in heaven or go out and get some good paydays either way a couple names that come to mind for me somebody if you're thinking okay i just want to have a good Classic uh, banger. Give me a little RDA action. Rafael Dos Anjos, 38 years old. Bobby's 37. Makes sense in terms of timeline there. Or if you're Bobby and you're trying to actually make a jump here, maybe a little Dan Hooker action. Either way, you got to reward the guy for going out and beating who was the heavy favorite here in Grand Austin. And you got to take that hype train and you got to take it and run with it. But Great performance. Here's here your breakdown. And uh, if you have any other names outside of uh, perhaps maybe an RDA or like a Dan Hooker would be another fun one. What do you think, brother? And I'm going to do my shot here. I don't know if you're ready. I stay ready. Let's go, baby. The... Uh the true degenerate water chaser, you know, got to do it. Uh, so, uh, that being said, I've asked the chat if they want to see a live demo of, uh, the KO for explanation. The only reason I asked that 
is because you you said that it was not loaded up <clears throat> it was just a uh just a left hand that's what you said that's what you said you said that uh I said so that. not me you said it <laughs> so there was actually a lot of different nuances to that strike. And I know that it, it, it's it's hard to imagine. There's a lot of different nuances. Bro, it was just a little, you know what I'm saying? It just hit him real quick like a, and then he was, and it was, un, it was, it was just so quick. I, I, I looked down, I looked up. And, uh, so that's not actually what it was like. All right. It was really more like, so um, <laughs> anyways. It was a very, very nuanced strike. Now, the reason it was nuanced is because Bobby Green does a number of things. He does a number of things really, really well that um, I don't necessarily love, but I don't necessarily hate either. Okay? He keeps his hand very, very low at his hips. Um, if you are a hunter, if you are, I don't know, somebody that lives in any of the southern states, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. Or if you play Call of Duty. You probably know what I'm talking about. Even Fortnite, you probably know exactly what the hell I am talking about. So, what am I talking about? I'm talking about hip firing. So, if your hands are down at your hips, you're basically not aiming down scopes, right? You're not aiming down scopes. So, your hands are at your hips. It's very um, unpredictable that you're going to shoot at somebody or rather throw punches at somebody. That's what Bobby does very, very well. Better than most people. Now, in this fight, he actually kept his hands higher than he usually does, which I like to see. But still very unpredictable. He kept them out of a mid-range. So again, you don't really see where the punches are going. You also don't really see when the punches are coming or how they're going to land. Um, that's something that, as much as I've never really caught on to the Chuck Liddell craze and been a Chuck Liddell fan like most people were, also as a big Rashad guy, so when I saw him knock him out, it was like, chef's kiss music to my ears. You know I love to see it. I was like... Um, but that being said... This strike was more than just a left hand, Nano. I hate to I hate to correct you here. I hope to overcorrect you. But it was a planted southpaw cross that was stepped into on entry. So, what happened? Okay? Um, give me a nod if you can hear me. Give me a head shake if you cannot hear me when I step up to do the demo here. So, can you hear me? Cool. So, basically, he was standing with his right hand forward, right? So the right hand is forward, left hand is the power hand. He not only threw the power hand, but as he's throwing the power hand, he stepped into it and switched stance. So, whoo! Forgot there was a plastic step there and almost fucking, I almost KO'd myself. But literally, what he does is he steps into it. So, boom! So you're able to not only cover more ground, but you're also able to step off and basically launch yourself with one foot into the strike. So you are able to land significant damage. And as, as Mad Max Meridia said, I was literally waiting until I sat down to point this out and then I looked at the chat and saw it. Thanks, Mad Max. I appreciate you coming in with the fire and the smoke here. Grant was walking into it. So Grant thought... He's going to throw this left hand. He's going to be just a hair short. I'm going to step in. I think maybe he thought that he was not going to get stepped in on himself and would have time to move his head off the center line. But instead, he stepped right into it blah, and just got blasted. 
on the way down, it looked like he got woke up when he connected to the mat, and then he ate two more for his troubles. So it was a disgusting display of striking. Um, it really, really, truly showed there are levels to this game in both striking and grappling. And, man, you love to see it. You love to see it. Um, remind the people one more time, Nano, who was your name? Who was my name for that fight? For Grant Dawson. Who, or, uh, sorry, for Bobby Green. Who do you have next? Oh, uh, I mentioned RDA potentially just because, you know, 38-year-old, uh, another grizzled vet, or Dan Hooker as somebody that is ranked a little bit above him. And it's just always down for a good scrap. I love Dan. I, I think that'd be a good ma- match made. But what do you think, brother? So I had Dan Hooker on my list. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I swear to God, I had Dan Hooker on my list because I thought that that fight makes the most sense. Um, Both men have fought Dustin Poirier, had bangers with Dustin Poirier, where both fights, Joe Rogan, if if I'm not mistaken, thought that um, Dustin was possibly going to get himself in trouble and lose those fights, but he came out and won. Uh, So I thought that that fight made a lot of sense. And also, there was another name on the tip of my tongue. It was not RDA. I'm not going to lie and say that it was RDA. Uh, But... It was Armand Sarukian. I thought if Armand Sarukian is willing to fight a legendary name like Bobby Green and fight downward, I thought it made a lot of sense for him. Yeah, that's a fun name. Fun name. And I think Armand would... I love Armand Sarukian. I'm not insulting him at all. This is a compliment, if anything. I think he is ballsy enough to just try and stand and bang with him. Yeah. Yeah. He definitely is. He's game. He's a dog, as we say around here. Hold on. Let me just let me just jump into the uh, the chat here. Mad Max Meridian says Dober rematch. Loser of Frivola versus BSG. Dude, I'm not mad. Oh, I like where your head's at. I know it. I I always I don't know the UFC's policy on on rematches on on things like that. I mean, maybe they They're look not at mad timing. At it. If it's if it's there, I think they'll do it, but they don't like to reward fighters or go out of their way for it if that makes sense but if it if it makes sense and numbers make sense so dollars make sense baby and if it makes dollars it makes sense i was just about to say if it makes dollars it makes sense you know what i'm saying <laughs> i know what you're saying yeah i don't know man <sighs> man there's so many good matches I feel like to make. Um, curious to hear in the chat again. We typically only do winners, like who who should the winners fight. But I'm also curious, like, and and I know this is kind of at a left win here. Who do you think that? Oh man, who do you think Drew Dober should fight? Drew oh, no, Dober, sorry, not Drew Dober. Sorry, Grant Dawson. I don't know why I said Grant Drew Dawson. Dober. I'm still hype about that fucking Drew Dober fight. <laughs> that was crazy. Hey, I'm excited for him too, man. He should be up there as well. He put his name in the hat, but yeah, let's let's see. Well, let me know what y'all think as well. Uh, it's because I mean, oh, did he actually drop in the rankings? Let me double check this. I thought I looked earlier. Grant's ten. I don't, th- I don't think he's moved, has he? Don't believe. So. 
the rankings also sometimes take a couple days to update, but at the same time, I feel like they've already updated because we've seen some people, we've seen like some movement, but we haven't seen any movement really from this weekend's card. Uh, so could be sometime. I don't know. Mm. I feel like they're they're being lackadaisical here for the last like two three weeks, just because they're prepping for these upcoming cards in uh, maybe November December. True, as you know, in the sales world, Q four is rough. Am I right? You're right about it. Today is a holiday, so maybe they they had it off. I'll give them that much. Oh, okay. Mad Max Marine said for some reason he thought it happens on Tuesday. That might make sense. We used yeah. to do our our first episode of the week on Tuesday. That might make sense. I know you read about it. Uh, so, all right. Uh, oh, Turner. I'm not mad at that. Jalen, the tarantula Turner. Man, great name. Both coming off a loss, yeah? Yeah. Yep. I'm mad about it. That makes sense. And also, hey, the Black Hato, shout out. Make sure you're following him on Twitch. I appreciate you joining the chat, brother. Hey. Yeah, honestly, Jalen, the tarantula Turner is a really, really solid name. Um, I love that name. Are there any Love other that names that you have on the tip of your tongue, really? I feel like Matt Favola would be a really, really fun one. Um, or, or rather the Dover rematch. But I don't know, dude. There's a lot of really solid. Oh, Joel Alvarez would be a really good grappling matchup. I'm also not mad at Joel Alvarez. How do you feel about that one, Jive? I like that a lot. Joel Alvarez had a great outing his last uh, go around. And, uh, I mean, he does have the Dragon Ball Z tattoo, so I'm always going to support him for sure. Um, that'd be a big step up, but, man, that'd be a fun fight. Absolutely. Dude's a problem at 6'4". I mean, he's tall, lengthy, can grapple. That'd be a tough That'd be a tough one. Similar build to Jalen Turner. So, honestly, if it's not Jalen, maybe that's a, another one to consider there. I do like that name a lot. Sign me up. Yeah, honestly, I think uh, Joel Alvarez might make the most sense um up and comer spanish martial artist el finamo uh he definitely has i I love that you said i think he's got a ton of sub wins too in the chat mad max meridian yeah uh i would say out of out of 23 fights 17 coming by way of submission victory i would say he's probably collected his fair share of coins from that one um so i think so I think so. And I also think that that one probably has fight of the night written all over, or if not fight of the night, definitely submission of the night, because one of these two guys would definitely be game for a sub in that one or live for a sub in that one. He say also said in the chat just now, Marco Madsen is probably too far down the rankings, but I like the grappling matchups. So fun fact, uh, Mark O. Madsen, if I'm not mistaken, actually got beaten by him already i think grant dawson already beat him and i did a breakdown on that mm-hmm. one before it calling he that did yeah am i wrong yep yeah nice. i did let's go nice yeah. uh yeah great great destroyed mark uh correction yeah dismantled go back and watch that episode that was before we met mad max but um yeah my breakdown was basically that olympic wrestling is not the same as wrestling in mma because wrestling in the olympics is Definitely highly touted and very, very high level, but people can't punch you in the face uh, or knee you in the face. So very different. Very, very different. Um, Less threats you're worrying about at a minimum. Makes It makes a world of difference when you are worrying about people fucking you up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Couldn't <coughs> so, agree more, Cotton. I uh, couldn't agree more, Cotton. It's got to be the hair. <laughs> it is fluffed. Uh, so... 
jumping into uh i mean that was honestly one of the funner fight nights that i've watched in a while were there 90 percent finish ratio no not at all but it was still a lot of fun and the finishes that we did get were notable um now make sure you tune in on wednesday we are going to be breaking down the entirety of the card on wednesday uh for ufc fight night yusuf barboso now we might not divide the same amount of time for each individual fight but we are going to go over probably each individual fight here just because i mean if you look all the way down the mother f and prelims here like to start off the prelims, we got Ashley Yoder coming in against Emily Ducote. I feel like both those women are pretty damn solid. And, I mean, we were talking about them earlier, folks. Chris Gutierrez is the second fight on the preliminary card, okay? Starting at 1 p.m., okay? Uh, coming in against Ala Tangeli. And, uh, I mean, Irina Alexeva, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Irina Alexeva, who the fuck is that? <laughs> Well, that is the Russian Ronda Rousey, folks. I laughed oh. at her. I laughed at her, and then she ended up getting the submission in the last fight. So, you know, I will never laugh at her again, and I'm excited to see her next fight, Russian Ronda Rousey. And after her, we got Terrence McKinney coming in against Brendan Marlote. We got hey. Tamira Lisboa coming in against Ravenna Oliveira. We got TJ Brown coming in against someone you might have heard of, trains out of Team Alpha Male, Darren the Damaged Elkins coming in. I mean, that's going to be a fucking banger. And then on the main card, as of right now, God forbid we get things canceled. We have six fights on the Here fucking we go. main card. Okay, folks. We got Christian Rodriguez coming in against Cameron Simon. Africa, stand up for your boy. Okay. Africa's own Cameron Simon. Uh, we got Edgar Chayurez coming in against Daniels and Silva. We got Michel Pajeda. Who looks like the villain of Undisputed fucking three or Undisputed four? One of those Undisputed movies coming in against the self-proclaimed best wrestler of the middleweight division, Andre Petrosky. Dude looks scary. He is terrifying. And then we got Jonathan Martinez coming in against Adrian Yanez. Come on, guys, that's got Fight of the Night written all over it. Give him fifty G's already. Just print the money. Just print the checks. Um, come on. 50 G's, baby. Uh, Adrian Yanez versus Jonathan Martinez. Probably going to... I'm just giving you full disclosure because you can't see my notes. Um, probably going to have more notes than any of the other fights on the fight card. On my end, anyways. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just call it a spade a spade here. You know? um, I love it. I don't know I how you it. feel about that fight. How do you feel about that fight? Oh, brother, that's a straight banger, man. I'm excited for this one, man. You're talking about Yanez, right? <laughs> Yeah, I'm talking about Liam Neeson's, man. You talking about Liam Neeson's? I'm talking about Adrian Yannis, bro. You talking about Liam Neeson's, man? You talking about Yannis versus Martinez, bro? You talking about that taking move? Oh, come on. Come on, brother. Keep up. Keep up, player. Keep up. This one I'll have a lot of notes on as well, brother. Couldn't agree more. I mean, this is this has banger written all over it. I mean, both these guys are going to be throwing nothing but bricks at each other. So, best believe we're going to break it down. Have a little bit. Have some more breakdowns physically as well, I'm sure, knowing us. <laughs> so tune in live to the actual YouTubes. Check out the YouTubes or the Twitches. And then obviously the co-main and main event, we can't not mention those. We got Jennifer Maya. I, I mean, I don't know why. I thought she was retired, bro. But she's coming back against an up-and-coming and very game, Vivian Arroyo. 
who honestly just looks like an absolute world breaker of a woman every time she comes in there. Um, yeah, even she when is. she loses, I feel like she doesn't look so bad. You know what I mean? But uh, Vivian Arroyo coming in there against Jennifer Maya should be a banger of a fight. But the main event is the one that makes the most sense to me. Folks, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all ages, I appreciate it if you subscribe to this channel, but also after this episode wraps, definitely make sure you check out Sadiq Youssef's YouTube channel. He is one of those um, UFC fighters that has honestly one hell of a personality. He does the most analytical breakdowns of UFC fights I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't know if you saw the wink there. If you're tuning into the audio only version. There was a wink there. There was like five. <laughs> um, but definitely make sure you check it out. It is one of the best satirical um, YouTube breakdown channels I've ever seen. Sadiq nice. Youssef, wishing you luck. Um, I'll tell you if he's on my parlay or not on the Wednesday episode with this guy right here, Mother F and Jive Turkey Nano. We're going to be live old. on Wednesday at 8 p.m. here. Uh, and I honestly can't wait for it. We're going to break down all these fights and more. And uh, we can't wait to hear what you guys have to say in the chat. Obviously, Sadiq Youssef is coming in against an absolute UFC legend in Edson Barboza. Um, legend. I, I almost want to ask, how do you see that fight playing out? I know. But you guys will just have to tune in to the Wednesday episode to see how that goes. No uh, make sure you tune in. At 8 p.m. sharp, we'll be starting from the bottom of the card, working our way all the way up. You know what I'm saying? Uh, that way, you guys save your absolute excitement to the end. But hopefully, we keep the excitement ripping and roaring throughout the entire fucking episode, guys. Nano, do you have anything else for the people um, in regards to, I don't know, maybe any... Uh, now that the week has officially wrapped, how did you do this week in uh, fantasy? I feel like maybe you were playing my fiance this week. I could be wrong. Yeah, she beat my booty, man. I knew I was. Uh, it was an uphill battle when <laughs> I was facing DJ Moore. I said, "Oh no!" I said, "I want no more of this battle. I want no more of this matchup." <laughs> Dig it. Otherwise, I'm five and zero now in my boys' league. That's exciting. My dad did beat me, and that's because Jordan Love only got me four points. I just needed six more, so that was an extreme, extremely tough loss there. Uh, five and zero in my Arizona boys league, uh, but yeah, Mary beat my behind man. That was a very humbling butt whooping. So, you know, it's uh, you can't win them all. That's the that's the moral of the fantasy football story here. That's why I love it, baby. Well, if it makes you feel any better, um, I uh, had some side bets going this week. Oh, look at that! She's in the chat. Miss Mary 616. She said you got beat by the best. No shame in that. Oh, no. Oh, no. She's landing shots after the game, guys. I thought the Hail Mary was supposed to be nice. Wait, wait, wait. It's all over. It's all over. (laughs) He's out. He's out. He's out. Stop hitting him. He's dead already. (laughs) Throw the damn towel. (laughs) Throw the damn towel. Throw the damn towel. That's how I felt after Thursday. I was like, I'll throw the damn towel. It's over. It's over. Well, I mean, if, if it makes you feel any better, um, the definition of throw the damn towel is, uh, well, we have a group chat, and uh, we made some side bets this week. Shout out, Drew. I'm pretty sure you won yours, but um, not don't, don't shout out me because I didn't win mine. I decided that, uh, you know, even though, 
even though, folks, I uh, going into this week was two and two. I was going against the only person in our league that's four and zero in the UFC fantasy football league, aka the Ultimate Football Championship League. Um, that's Mahomie is the team I was going against, aka Brandon. Shout out Brandon Barley. Uh, he was perfect four and zero. Really thought I had him. I had an 80% chance projected win going into tonight's game. All I needed was Romeo Dubes to literally score two fucking points. Uh, he scored 1.4, folks. Uh, he was projected to score 10. And uh, as a result, I lost the game. Uh, the final score being 148.48 to 149.14. No. I almost no. gave the guy his first loss. Bro, less than a fucking whole point. Oh, that's a tough game to be watching, too. That must have been frustrating. Bro, me point. That's why I was like, I don't even need to see the end of the game. I'm just ready to go live on this fucking episode because I need a drink. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, watching the oh, first, no. like, dude, seeing the first three quarters of that game and like, hmm, zero points. Not looking good. Uh, <laughs> what just happened? Dude. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Mad Max Meridian said commission needs to find her about Mary. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, oh, man. I do. Babe, <laughs> you know you can't jump the cage after victory. Come on. It's just it's too much boasting. All right. Don't do that. It's not nice. It's not nice. Nobody <laughs> likes that. Uh, um, so, I mean, that being said. I feel like maybe your advice to the fantasy football crew would possibly be to, um, I don't know, maybe not start Jordan Love. Tough, yeah. Maybe avoid all of these uh, Packers for the immediate future. You know, I I think Wednesday we'll be able to break down a little bit more maybe on the uh, waiver wire show. But, uh, yeah, they're definitely people to avoid right now. That is not a team that you want to be getting behind right now. They look bad. So we're going to my Raiders segment on Wednesday. You know the vibes. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys, you heard it here first. So um, we're going to go ahead and do a waiver wire little segment on the end of Wednesday's episode. So you can expect Wednesday. We are going to go over the entirety of the UFC fight card. UFC fight night. Yusuf versus Barbosa. It's going to be a hell of a fight card. I think um, there's definitely some sleepers on there. We're talking about Adrian Yanez versus motherfucking Jonathan Martinez, folks. Burr, 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 burr. Or as the guy at Universal Studios said this week, fwam, 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 fwam. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I love that our tour guide at the, the Universal like tour bus did that. He's all fwam, 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 fwam. I'm like, I've never heard the air horn done like FW. I literally told Barry, I was like, I've never heard somebody do the air horn as FWAM. But I love it. I like it now. I'm a fun, fun guy. (laughs) So, that being said, uh, we're going to be going over the entirety of the fight card of Yusuf versus Barboza, as well as a bit of a little sprinkled fantasy waiver wire. Um, And let's see what Mary said here in the chat. And I've now heard that a million times. (laughs) A million and four times. You're welcome. Let's go. And ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fight fans of all shapes and sizes, that is the mother effing show. Um, We appreciate it. If you could 
like, comment, subscribe, smash that bell for notifications, and uh, we will see you here, same time, same place, on Wednesday and Monday next week. We're trying to get more consistent with the Mondays and Wednesdays. If there's better days that you'd like, please, please let us know in the comment section below after the video wraps, and until then, keep the passion for mixed martial arts alive, and we will see you then. You've been listening to the MMA Anomaly Show. No filter. As you may have been able to tell, we dig the MMA, and our passion is to dive deep into the upcoming fights, give you our expert breakdowns, and help you make sense of all the chaos that is the fight game. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon, but in the meantime, make sure to find us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at MMAnomaly. Be cool, and we'll see you next time.